And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, there would be, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it. So there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening, good evening. It's good to be with you. Uh, my name is Jack. If you don't know me, I'm part of the staff team here at Christchurch. And we're in this series called Serve as we think about we, how we as the church grow together, how we serve together, how we enable community and how we help each other. And last week, Simon talked about how the same spirit gives different gifts and how we're all resourced by the same spirit. And this week, we're looking at that next part that Rosie's just read for us, how Paul uses this image of the body to help us to understand exactly how those gifts work together. Let me just pray before we begin. Father God, thank you that we are the body of Christ. And thank you that you've called us to be that. Help us to work together well and help us to realise that we need each other. Amen. Amen. I had some friends over. It was Easter Day. And we were playing a game called Herd Mentality. And this game, basically, uh, you ask a question. There's these cards. You ask a question and... Basically, you're trying to write down the answer that you think the whole room's going to give. So rather than the question being, what's the best fast food restaurant? And you say, oh, well, I really like a KFC. You think, okay, what's the room going to say? And you think, "Mm, I think most people will write McDonald's, and you write McDonald's. Anyway, the question comes up, what part of the body could you live without? What part of the body could you live without? And so we're all kind of writing down our answers. You can probably think in your head what, what, you, what you imagine we've all written down. And so we're all writing down, and we look, and Sophie Draycott, who is one of our lovely interns at the back there on AV, um, she's first in the circle, and she picks up her piece of paper, and blazingly confident says, the brain. Now, <laughs> at which point I'm thinking, either she thinks she can do without the brain, or even more insultingly, she thinks all of us could do without our brains. Um, Luckily, she just misheard the question. The part of the body she was doing without was her ears. And she thought it was, which part of the body could you not live without? So the brain was slightly more appropriate. It's interesting, really, that we seem to think we can rank our body parts. Somehow, our own body can rank itself. It's just odd when when you think about it in that way. But our bodies need to work together well 
to work at all. I think that's what Paul is saying here. We need to work together. And I think a big thing that Paul is saying is that God has a purpose for you. God has a purpose for you. It says at the beginning of the passage, just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptised by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. And then later on, just to really reiterate the point, verse 27, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. Each one of you has a purpose given by God, like a body part that has a purpose. It says later on about senses of smell and senses of hearing. You have a purpose that God has given to you. Now, there's a bit of an in-joke in my family about my dear old dad. Um, I hope he doesn't watch this, bless him. Um, And the joke is that somehow on every single family holiday we manage to go on, he injures himself, usually very early on, usually enough to put a dampener on the whole holiday. One time he made it to the very end and then fell out of an airport transfer bus. Like, it it is actually ridiculous. You think I mean, when you think, when I say every, you think I mean most. I mean every single one. He's fallen into a pit of tar in a building site. We were walking along, we're like, where's dad? Oh, there he is. Let's go to hospital. He's, he's fallen out of multiple airport transfer buses. The best one, bless him, he's partially sighted, he's blind in one eye. And we're very close to the hotel and we think, goodness me, we've made it. We're going to get to the hotel, day one complete. And mum very innocently goes, oh, Bob, watch out, there's a curb there. And he goes, oh, yeah, I've seen it. Bam, straight into the floor. And again, the, the panic begins and we're like, what are we going to do? Another holiday ruined. And this was a bit of a funny joke, and I thought I understood why the body was important and how, gosh, if something goes wrong, it's awful, until it started happening to me. And then it became so much less funny, because on every single bit of holiday and annual leave over the past year, I've managed to injure myself. This time last year, it was the first big chunk of annual leave after COVID. I was like, yes, come on, I'm going to go home, I'm going to see all my mates. And me and my girlfriend and my brother and his girlfriend go to the new Forest Aqua Park. Definitely recommend. But the lovely grippy socks they make you buy for £2.99, I can still remember it, gripped my foot to the inflatable as my whole body twisted and my knee went the wrong way and I do a really little tear of a ligament in my knee. To be honest, it's the closest to a sporting injury I've ever got. (laughs) Thanks. No need to laugh. It's the closest to a sporting injury I've ever got, hilariously falling off an inflatable into some water. But it was agony. And I suddenly realised, goodness me, this part of the body I've never noticed before means quite a lot. But it doesn't stop there. A few months ago, I'm in Croatia with my girlfriend's family. And again, day one, somehow, I managed to slip down a flight of stairs, smack my back into the floor, not only really injuring myself, but completely embarrassing myself as I fall in just, if I land in just my swims and soaking wet in front of my girlfriend's whole family. Just like, excellent, Jack, well done. Again, like the holiday, you know, in loads of pain, brave face, it's all all right. And then only two weeks ago... I go to wildfires, and on day two, a whole 24 hours made, thank you, I I do something to my ankle, which means I can barely walk for half of wildfires. There's one point where I'm going from the tent to the big top, and halfway, and don't, feel free to laugh at this, because it's pathetic and sad, but it is hilarious. I stop halfway through for a a sit down and a little cry, because my my foot is in so much pain, oh, thank you, in so much pain. Um, To be honest, it just is funny. But our bodies need to work together to work at all. And our body parts have purposes. One of the things I realised when I was at Wildfires is I was walking into the big top like this, in the mud, because it was so muddy. Thanks. Um, and, 
And this foot, which is the injured foot, slips a little bit, and this ankle manages to save me from falling because my ankle, this ankle is fine and can do like shock absorption. I think, gosh, if this, I have a sudden realization, if this ankle slips, this foot will be able to do nothing. And I'm walking, saying aloud, I bet everyone thought I was mental, Jesus, I have no resilience. Jesus, I have no resilience. And suddenly I realized that this part of my body I'd never noticed before was doing something automatically that I'd never, ever noticed before. And actually, we don't know the purpose of a lot of our body. And I don't think we know half of the stuff that goes on in our church. We don't know how our body of Christ operates. That's why part of the reason we have these cards around the room, to help us realize all the things that are happening in our body. Because actually, we just don't notice them. And our body parts have purposes. Every, every part of our body has a purpose. Now, when I was um, rehearsing this talk, I was using my laptop, and I would walk from my office to the hub room to kind of wander around and natter, because that's how I do it. And I'd close my laptop, which I had my notes on, and I'd whack my Bible on it, my notebook, and a glass, and I'd use my laptop as a tray, and I would walk to the hub room, and I'd put it down. And I suddenly realized, goodness me, my laptop kind of has a purpose. <laughs> you know, it's meant for playing games, and sending emails, and video calling my mum, hi mum, and you know, all of these different things. Now, when the lovely makers of my laptop were making it, I don't think they thought, Yes, a brilliant tray. Now, at the time, it was a lovely tray. It worked well. It, it did something. But actually, that's not what it was made for. That didn't unlock its true potential. And I think lots of us will serve in our church, in our workplace, in our communities, because there is a gap that needs filling, because something needs to be done. I needed a tray in that moment, and my laptop was there. Lucky me. But actually, even though I think it is completely and utterly right and good and honourable to serve where there is a gap, and it's necessary, it really is, I think there is a purpose inside each of you. I think God has given each of you a purpose. There is a passion, there is an excitement, there is something that sets fire to your heart. There's something that maybe even irritates you. I remember at, at Big Church Festival, I was with the lovely Ellen, who's at the back, and Ellen's big passion is AV. Oh my gosh, I've never known anybody be so passionate about AV. She loves it. She lives and breathes it. She's on live streaming tonight. She's moved a screen. Um, and she was at Big Church Festival, stood next to me, and she could hardly worship because the person next to her, the person at the back who was, who was doing AV, she'd been on that desk all week at Wildfires, was just not doing it right. And the words weren't coming up right. I said to Dave T in the week about this, this and he said, oh, was that in the worship? Oh, I remember that. Because it was. It was just not quite right. And she was getting angry. And actually, your purpose might be highlighted by the things that anger you or the things that irritate you or the things that keep you up at night because you, you're desperate to talk about them. And the reason that you have this purpose and the reason you have this excitement is because it comes from God. In the same way that I'm only speaking because my head is deciding to and my brain is deciding to, or I can only wave my hands or kick my feet. Um, be careful, I don't want to slip on the stage. Um, actually, the only way I can do that is because my brain decides to. And actually, in Colossians 1, verse 17, Paul says that Christ is the head of the body. And so it is Jesus who gives us this purpose. It is Jesus who gives us these things, these passions, these excitements. So God has a purpose for you, but God also has a place for you. It says in verse 18, but in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Just as he wanted them to be. God has a place for you. 
Now, my girlfriend is a paediatric nurse, and so we'll often be talking about medical procedures that I have no understanding of. You can completely understand, you know, I say, what have you done today? She says, resuscitated a child. She goes, what have you done today? I said, draw a picture for the vicar. You know, it doesn't quite work, you know, <laughs> equally yoked. Um, and we were talking about a medical procedure, um, and I guessed that it happened here. And I said, oh, like here maybe, like where the heart would be if it was in the wrong place. Now, she highlighted that where the heart would be if it was in the wrong place was actually like here and here and here and here and here and here and, and didn't quite work as a sentence. But I think our bodies are put together in a really, really specific way. I don't think the position of our digestive system or our lungs or our brains was an accident. It's a bit like um, in year 11, you have those big models and you pull all the plastic organs out and you try and put them back in. And it's like Ikea furniture, you're like, I'm left with a gallbladder, where does that go? Actually, there's a specific place where every single thing in our body goes. And it's, and it's the same in the body of Christ. Paul isn't saying, look, you are like a line of dominoes where you all look the same. And if one of you is out of place, it won't quite fall. But actually, you can go in whatever order. He's not saying that. God isn't after uniformity, he's after unity. He's not after everybody looking the same and can be anywhere they want to. He's after different people with different gifts, with different purposes in different places, but those places work together. Our bodies need to work together well to work at all. And where we serve is really, really important. When I first came to university, I, I served in Pathfinders. It was Dave T did a great job, week two, straight in Pathfinders. Well done him. And that was a place where I served, but it's a place where I grew, and it's a place where I learned, and it's a place where I enjoyed. But also, it was a place where I met some of my best friends. It was a place where I learned so much from young people. I, it was an amazing, amazing thing. And it was where God had placed me. And actually, God has a place for you, so find that place. And actually, if there's someone already serving there, you might think, oh, somebody's already doing that job. They might be really, really grateful. A bit like when I hurt my ankle, and this ankle was working really hard to compensate. As soon as that ankle felt better, the weight was redistributed, and I could walk really well again. There might just be a ministry here where the weight is just slightly imbalanced. And actually, somebody else stepping in will really help. And actually, it might be that there are completely new places. You have a passion, you have a purpose, you have a fire lit inside of you, and you go, actually, there's nowhere here that's logical. Find that place, create that place. I um, do a lot of work with social media, I do a lot of work with students, and so, wrap them together and what have you got, I do quite a bit from student social media. And, one of the things that's really hard about running student social media um, is taking photos of students that get so cross with me. No, I'm joking. Um, actually, it's trying to do student ministry and help the lovely Louise while also trying to simultaneously take photos of the student ministry. And actually, over this year, the lovely Michael Weatherall, hello, um, has come in and taken photos. Now, I was already doing it. Those photos were being taken. They were already on the Instagram. Tickety-boo. But actually, because he came in and he took the photos for me, I didn't have to think about it, and I could help Louise with the washing up, and I could chat to students more. It was already being done, but somebody stepping in enables more ministry. And I'm, I'm not saying, like, oh, because Michael came in, I could finally be the lung I was always meant to be. <laughs> like, I love photography, and I love taking photos, and it was being done, but actually, it enables ministry. It enables kingdom work. So God has a purpose, and he gives us a place. Those two things really work together, but the crux of the passage here is that God has a perspective for you. 
God has a perspective for you. We need each other. You know, the body needs to work together well to work at all, and we need to work together well. As the great prophet Zac Efron said, we're all in this together. <laughs> Actually, we need each other. And we need the perspective that we're working for the good of others. There's no point, like in this passage, saying, because I'm not a hand, I'm not a part of this body. You know, I'm not good enough. Or, I don't need you because you're just a foot. There's no, there's no point having that perspective. It says in verse 22, on the contrary... Those parts of the body that seem weaker are indispensable. Like, think of my ankle. I had no idea. I mean, I, had, I knew that I had an ankle, don't get me wrong, but I had no idea how much an ankle could affect me. I had no idea how much a knee could affect me. Dear me, every time I sneeze, my back aches from hitting my back in Croatia. Genuinely, I didn't know how much I needed it, and that perspective came from being injured, sadly. And it says in verse 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. Amen. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. We are so quick when we have a cold to go, oh my gosh, I can't breathe. Oh, I never, ever think how good it is to breathe. And then when we're finally able to breathe, we never go, oh, it's nice to breathe. Actually, just breathe in. Sorry if any of you do have a cold, because this won't work, but just breathe in now to your nose. Do it on, at home if you're on the stream. Oh, isn't that lovely? We so easily go, oh, gosh, isn't it awful? Isn't, that thing at church that used to be great isn't great anymore. Oh, so annoying. Oh, this thing used to have this amazing leader, and now it doesn't. Oh, that's so annoying. Oh. We're so easily moaners and groaners. We so easily say, oh, this bit of the church doesn't work, and this body isn't doing the bit that it's meant, this part of the body isn't doing what it's meant to. Let's rejoice when part of our body is honoured. Let's be delighted when our ministries are succeeding, when we're seeing people baptised, when things that are good are happening. Let's celebrate ministries when they do well. Because actually, if we just focus on ourselves, it doesn't work. If the heart beats for just the heart, then its purpose isn't fulfilled because the body will die. If the lungs breathe for just the lungs, then its purpose is not being fulfilled because the body will die. This isn't about us we're part of the body together. We need each other. But there is a wider perspective that God gives us. We need each other here at Christ Church, and we need anybody watching on the stream. It's, it must be so easy to think, gosh, I'm not part of the body of Christ at Christ Church because I just watch on the stream. That is not true. You are part of the body of Christ here. But we're part of the body here. We're part of the body of Christ in Winchester. Think of Pentecost a few weeks ago. But we're also part of the body of Christ across the country and across the whole world. And that perspective is vital. And, and later we're going to come to communion. And communion is a beautiful reminder of this fact. I mean, the liturgy itself, I'm going to come across as a proper Anglican now, but the liturgy itself is saturated with imagery from these passages. It says, as we eat and drink these holy gifts, make us one in Christ our risen Lord. Though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. That is what this reminds us of. We remember that because Jesus died, we have a family. We come together. This is the kingdom. And as we share this meal, we know that it's not just being shared here. It's being shared across the world. There was a time, I think probably in my second year of university, where I was coming back from home, and I, was, and I didn't really want to. I wasn't like, you know, oh, I hate uni, I'm going to drop out. I just had had a lovely time, and I'd managed to wangle some cheap train tickets that meant I could go to church at home in the morning and church here in the evening. And by the divine will and providence of the Lord and the divine will and providence of whoever was doing the rotors back then, they both managed to be communion services. 
And I remember really, really acutely saying those types of words. Those words that, you know, though we are many, we are one body because we all share in one bread. And thinking, gosh, this is true. Because they were words I'd said with my friends at St. Mark's Saltney in Chester, and it was words I was saying here at Christ Church in Winchester, and it was the same words. Different people, one God. Though we are many, we are one body. As we eat and drink these holy gifts, make us one in Christ, our risen Lord. Let's remember that this isn't just about us. This isn't a nice little club. This is the body of Christ, and we as a church are part of it. How can our hearts beat for those sharing this meal with us on the other side of the world? How can our lungs breathe for those who are persecuted? How can our mouths speak for those who are persecuted in other parts of the world? Communion helps us to remember that Jesus died for us, but also that we're part of something bigger. And the most beautiful part of Jesus' death is when he's on the cross and he says, it is finished, because he can look back at his life and say, my purpose has been fulfilled. God has a purpose for you. He can say that, actually, I've done my bit in the place where God has sent me. You have a place. But also the perspective. The perspective that Jesus had in that moment was not my will, but yours be done. A perspective that says it's not about me. It's nothing to do with me. It's all about what God wants. And I pray that when we come to take communion in a second, and actually when it comes to the end of our life, we can look back and we can say, God has given me a purpose, God has given me a place, and God has given me a perspective. Amen.